As we begin to close out any year, media outlets start announcing all of the best and the most notables of the year. Best movies, best TV shows, top songs, most heart-stopping moments, most significant world events, most influential people. You get the picture. But this year, for the first time, I heard that Merriam-Webster had a word of the year. They may have been doing this for a long time, but it was the first time I had ever heard of a word of the year. And for 2023, the word is authentic. Personally, I wasn't at all surprised by this because authenticity has become a prominent buzzword within the discussions surrounding women in construction and other male-dominated fields. As a matter of fact, I gave a TEDx-style talk in early 2023 for an event in Kansas City called On the Rise. It's a wonderful curated event for women in architecture, engineering, and construction. And my talk was titled, Authenticity by Design. I've decided to share that recording with you as today's episode, but I want to give you two warnings before you listen to the recording. One, my personal take on authenticity is different than many of you may expect. I do not believe authenticity is a must and instead view it as a choice, a choice that we have the right to make dependent on our personal situation. My, my second warning is that the beginning of this speech was a bit rocky. Initially, I was going to edit the recording to eliminate the two embarrassing brain blocks that I had near the start of this speech. And then I thought, well, that wouldn't be very authentic. So you're getting the raw recording. I hope you enjoy it. MyTools.com describes authenticity as being true to your own personality, values, and spirit, regardless of the pressure that you're under to act otherwise. I think that we as women in construction, engineering, and architecture, many times we feel torn between being who we are, being ourselves, and being who we feel like we need to be, or acting in a way that we feel that we need to act to be successful women in such male-dominated fields. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, give me a second. I've never been in front of this many women. I am so used to being the only woman in the house. I am a little overwhelmed by seeing all of you here today. It is such a great experience. I'm so glad I was invited to be here. Um, okay, so authenticity. It is something that we struggle with. It is something that I have struggled with. I personally felt that I was a very authentic person and many times have caught myself saying, you see, what you see is what you get. But last summer, I had a very personal light bulb moment that made me dig deeper. It made me really think about who am I versus who is this work persona that I have created to succeed in the construction industry. And so I was super excited when Mary called and wanted to have me speak on authenticity today because I felt like over the last few months I spent so much time thinking about it that I had so much I wanted to share. But as I started to put my speech together, 
I quickly realized I still had more questions about how to be successfully authentic than I did answers. And so instead of regurgitating information that you can find by yourself on the internet, what I decided to do today is to tell you my story. To tell you my story as a woman in construction and my personal struggle with authenticity in hopes that you will remember you are not alone, you are not the only person with this internal struggle, this internal tug of war. You will know that authenticity is a process, it is also a choice, and you do not have to choose to always be authentic. So my story starts when I graduated from college with my degree in construction management. I was the first female J then hired out of college to train to become a superintendent. They placed me into the Carpenter's Apprenticeship Program. I moved my way up from apprentice to journeyman, to carpenter foreman, to assistant superintendent, to superintendent. I managed jobs from $3 million to $100 million from Des Moines, Iowa to Houston, Texas. I loved being a superintendent. But I then decided to do a brief stint in pre-construction so that I could learn another side of the business and was then recruited by the Cordish Company, many of you may be better known as the company that owns the Power and Light District. I was their project executive managing their design and construction teams on their multifamily um, luxury towers across the nation. Very cool projects. I got to do a lot of cool things. But after a few years, I realized what I really missed was mentoring and managing people, direct reports. And so when I got the call from Centric, uh, to be an operations director, um, I took it. I did that for a few years, and then in early 2022, I started to look around the industry, and I realized that as much success as I had had, very little had changed for women in the industry since I started in 1997. And I wanted to do something about that. So, I quit my job, in June of 22, I left corporate world to take the summer off, to decompress, and planning to start my company in the fall. Coaching, consulting, and public speaking. So I'm here. Um, sorry, that's... Coaching, public, and public speaking. Yeah. So... That's why I'm here. Um, what is wrong with me? Okay, so last summer, that's where I was at. So I took that purposeful unemployment, and during that purposeful unemployment last summer, that's when that light bulb moment happened for me. I was out walking the dogs, listening to a podcast, which was literally the most multitasking I had to do all summer with it off, listening to a podcast while walking. And it was a Peloton podcast that day. It was um, hosted by Tune Day. Anyone here part of Tune Day's tribe on Peloton? That's right. Amazing woman. So it was titled um, Self-Expression. And... Tunde was telling her story and her struggle with authenticity as a black woman. And I will never forget exactly where I was walking on the sidewalk when I heard her say that she had scrubbed her social media before joining Peloton so that she would not come across 
too black. I literally stopped and rewound it so I could hear her say that again. It really resonated with me. My heart hurt for her, and at the same time, I had tears I felt bubbling up as I started thinking about all the ways that I had scrubbed my own life when I joined construction to not come across too girly. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room that has done that. And when I heard her say that, I started thinking about how much of me have I really lost as I created this persona at work? And what did I change about myself? So this is what I changed. I immediately, when I started in construction, I became a very private person. As an example, when Facebook came out, I created a fake name on Facebook, which I still have today, still struggling with authenticity. <laughs> um, but this fake name allowed me to keep my work and my personal life separate. It allowed me to keep the guys from work from seeing what I looked like, how I acted, and what I did in my personal life, because I felt like those were ways that they were gonna use that against me to keep me out of the boys club that I so wanted to be a part of. Because I wanted to be part of the boys club. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to figure out how to command the authority that I knew a superintendent was going to need. Um, I also changed my conversational styles. So this happened uh, after I watched my labor foreman and carpenter foreman on my very first job get into this very loud, nose-to-nose, -nose, finger pointing, screaming match. And 15 minutes later, it was like it never happened. And I thought, women don't communicate like that. I don't know how to do that, and I need to learn how to have a heated discussion and walk away and not take it personal. So that night when I left work, I went to Barnes & Noble, and I bought a book called Talking from 9 to 5 by Deborah Tannen, and it wasn't long before my female conversational styles were in the past. What I also did was I changed my appearance. And for your viewing pleasure, I have photos for that. <laughs> so this black and white photo, um, which you're not going to be able to see everything I'm telling you, this is what I looked like when I graduated college. Um, it is, my hair is done, my makeup is done. You can't see any of this because it's black and white. And yes, they had color photos when I graduated. <laughs> Superintendent Magazine. I was more concerned about what I was going to wear for the photo shoot than I was how I was going to answer the interview questions. Because 
This is 13 years after I started in construction. And I was just now starting to show little pieces of my own personality in my attire. And this belt seems like such a small piece right now, but I love this belt. And I was starting to wear it on job sites, but this was a national magazine. This was gonna be the first time some men had ever even seen a female superintendent. And I wanted to do a good job representing the women that were superintendents at that time as well. So, I'm afraid that my next slide is the end slide, so you're gonna start, you're stuck seeing those pictures for a while. <laughs> um, so something else that I changed was, and I think a lot of this is for the better, I learned to stand up for myself, for my ideas and my opinions, and this did not come naturally for me, and I think many of us in the room it does not come naturally for either. It came out of necessity. And I will never forget the first time I stood up for myself on the job site. And I'm gonna tell you about it. So there was a guy on the job site, my very first job site. He was a real piece of work. He was not nice to me, um, to say the least. He did everything he could to make sure I knew I was not welcome. Let's call him Don. Because that was his name and he deserves to be called out. <laughs> of us men vulnerable, as if that was okay. That was the reason for beating her up. Demi Moore gets off the ground, blood coming out of her mouth, and she says three words to him, which I cannot repeat in this form, <laughs> but I will tell you that it had something to do with an action regarding a piece of anatomy that she does not have. And when she said those three words, it changed the trajectory of her career. So I went into work on Monday, and when Dom started pushing my buttons and I'd had all that I could have, I gave those three words to Dom. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It was like the job site fell silent, and they just looked at me, and then they started laughing, and then I was officially part of the team, and Dom never picked on me again. <laughs> It was in that moment that I learned that it was a game, and I learned to play the game. I learned that tough girl Barb was the one that got results. <clears throat> That's not who I was, it's who I became. So looking back, would I change anything? Would I, would I change decisions that I made regarding my authenticity? I personally would not, 
not because they were necessarily the right decisions, not that they are decisions I would suggest you make today, but because they are what brought me to this literal stage. They are the decisions that gave me experiences that led me to a platform that allowed me to make a difference for women that do what we do. But although there were benefits that I received from changing who I was, I recognized that there were also costs. Three costs I want to mention with you today. One goes back to that, that saying and the word spirit. When I started in construction, I was quickly given the nickname Sunshine. And once I learned male communication styles and I found my voice, I rarely heard anyone call me Sunshine. Three weeks after I quit my job, bless you, in June last year, um, I heard someone call me Sunshine again. And they followed it up by saying, this is the happiest I've seen you in a really long time. That kind of sucks. <laughs> it also cost me friendships, because what I didn't tell you is that for the first 15 years of my career, I avoided other women like the plague. I told you at the beginning I was a little uncomfortable. I, I wanted so bad to be part of the boys club that I avoided other women. And because of my male communication styles, I struggled to connect with women outside of our industry. So it cost me friendships. It also cost me community. There's something about community when you're even at work, when you're going through difficult times in your life, having those people with you. But I created such a separation between my work and my personal life that I went through all of the hard stuff basically alone. In 2019, I had cancer. In three and a half, in three, mm, no, in a year and a half, I had three surgeries. There is hardly anybody that really knows what I went through or that I was even going through it at the time. It becomes lonely when you really separate things that much. So there were cost implications and there were benefits. I give you all of that so you can make your own choice. And it is your choice. You get to choose whether you are authentic or you're who you need to be in that moment. And none of us have the right to judge each other because we don't understand each person's situation, resilience, goals, etc. Instead, it is our responsibility to support each other as we develop our own individual design our own individual, engineer our own individual, and construct our individual levels of authenticity.